0: Welcome to Songs and Stories, the not-for-musicians-only music podcast. Well, alrighty, and oh boy, here we go. Hey everybody, welcome to Songs and Stories. I'm Michael Gaither and this is Songs and Stories episode number 131. A combination, very cool field trip, and very cool interview with a couple of folks kind of episode this time out. We're going to be going, uh, not really backstage, but after hours at Santa Cruz Guitars in Santa Cruz, California, to talk with Carolyn Sills and Gerard Egan of the Carolyn Sills Combo. Uh, They combine a... uh, uh, kind of a vintage sound. It's a mix of, boy, everything. Western swing, surf, rock, old country and pop. Um, in fact, at a show last summer, somebody said that their songs sound like the soundtrack to an unreleased Spaghetti Western, which I thought was kind of cool. So they, they, they take kind of a classic sound, but kind of wrap a contemporary singer-songwriter story kind of theme around it. And it's very, very cool stuff. Uh, they they've been in Santa Cruz for about four years. They've actually been together. They've been playing together for fourteen years. Together as a couple for eleven, and married for three. They came out here a few years ago when Gerard got the, got a job with Santa Cruz Guitars. Carolyn got a job in the front office, and she now works in sales and marketing. So we'll talk to them a little bit about Santa Cruz Guitars, because that is a big part of their story. But the focus is going to be on their 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 musical inter, their musical kind of path. Carolyn was. Influenced very much by old country, particularly Patsy Cline, and I'll let her kind of explain that. Gerard kind of you know jazz, western swing, kind of everything, very kind of a very American mix of influences, and he'll he'll talk about that and what led to this record. The record itself is their first sort of full band record with their Santa Cruz band which includes, uh, besides Carolyn and Gerard, two very preeminent Santa Cruz kind of play-with-everybody-because-you're-so-good type-of-musicians, Jimmy Norris on drums and percussion, who's just like the preeminent Santa Cruz percussionist. And uh, if I can toss this in, I did a few things last summer where I was able to do a couple of songs with Jimmy, and oh my God, is he good. (laughs) There's a reason (laughs) everybody wants to play with Jimmy Norris. And then Charlie Wallace plays pedal still and slide guitar with him as well. He's also sort of like the preeminent slide Pedal steel player in the area, so it's a great it's a great sound. Um, the the record also includes Sunshine Jackson, a local harmony singer singer, adding harmony to their to what they do. It's it's great great stuff. So with that set up, I think I'll remind you uh, if you're new to songs of stories that you can hear here. You can find out more about these artists by going to my site. MichaelGaither.com. it's m-i-c-h-a-e-l-g-a-i-t-h-e-r look for the section called songs and stories 131 it's under podcasts or blogs i'll have links to to carolyn's site um, where you can buy the record and i'll include links to some of her very cool and creative videos and i'll put some links up to patsy klein and some of the things we talk about as uh, as a, as well as a couple of links to santa cruz guitars and um, if you want to find out more, too, you can go to Carolyn's site directly. at C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-S-I-L-L-S dot com. CarolynSills.com. So let's hear a bit of this, little, this new record, and then we'll talk to Carolyn and Gerard. Um, I keep wanting to say backstage. After Hours at Santa Cruz Guitars. Here's a little bit of a song called Hey, kid. And then a song I'm very fond of, and I'm really glad they re-recorded it. It's an older tune of theirs called Aces and Eights. Let's hear some of that, and then we'll talk with Carolyn Gerard after hours at Santa Cruz Guitars. (laughs) ¶¶
1: Relentlessly bright as it burns out the night. Scolding by scolding to say, What the hell were you thinking? of my hand haven't changed since you left from the table I'm ready.
0: So you just had a great tour at Santa Cruz Guitars. Welcome. Oh. Thanks. Great to be here.
2: Thanks.
0: Looking forward to the Christmas party again.
2: Yes, always a good time.
0: That was way fun. So I'm here with Carolyn Sales and Gerard Egan. Um, you guys have been here for what, about four years now. Going just on about four in February, years. Yeah. yeah. So you're a builder. Yep. And and you are. I'm a pusher. You're a pusher. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: do sales and marketing and all that good
0: stuff. So. How'd you? And so are you from Chicago oh, by Chicago way of the Bronx? Originally.
2: We lived in Brooklyn together for Brooklyn. a good Brooklyn, decade. Yeah. yeah, and then headed out here via Bru- uh, Phoenix, Arizona, where Gerard took a master class in guitar building, and that led to Santa Cruz, California.
0: Nice. Yeah. I'm still checking levels. I don't quite sure. trust these machines.
2: So we we're lucky he got hired here to build, and soon after they had a position open for sales and marketing Mm -hmm. i got brought on to start administrative and move up from there and it's been great and it's a real small shop there's like 15 people here 15 builders and four of us in the office yeah small operation real family like vibe Mm -hmm. just a fun place to work
0: and some amazing guitars
3: amazing guitars incredible guitars Yes.
0: so we came to talk about the record but before so how long have you been building guitars how did you i want to Kept off that story. Then we'll talk about Carolyn.
3: You know, I I was one (laughs) of those guys. I was one of those guys, kind of always messing with guitars and reading about how to fix them, but not really feeling confident in my abilities to work on them. And but I would always tweak things and take things apart. It was just like a curiosity I'd had, Mm -hmm. um, almost from when I started playing guitar when I was thirteen. But uh, I worked at a guitar shop in New York called Rudy's Music for a couple years, and it was the first time I was really made aware of this whole world of like boutique luthery, like there's there's not there's more than just like fender gibson martin or whatever there's like and all the machine these
0: shops cranking out 100 guitars a day right
3: you know uh, there's, there's there's guys who sort of like lone wolves that build on their own or right. smaller shops like us and uh it just really piqued my interest and um you know i went to roberto Venn school of lutherie in, in phoenix in 2009 and graduated there and landed the job here And, uh, so it's, it's been about, you know, four, four and a half years that I've been doing that Mm -hmm. and, uh, it's been great. There's, there's so much to learn. Um, I know a lot now as compared to when I started, but in the grand scheme of things, I know (laughs) just a little bit. I'm still learning.
0: We were talking earlier when you were looking, when you were trying to quite the place down for the podcast, right. you work in sort of the, not the finishing, but sort of the last place the guitars setup. sit, the setup room, setup department. Yeah, where the most pressure is at, because you don't want to drop anything in here.
3: Yeah, well, at that point, the guitars are nearly done. You've had all this time and energy and effort put into them, money, yeah. you know, so yeah. the pressure is real in terms of not screwing up, mm-hmm. but um, it's a lot of fun working in here, too, because we get to hear these guitars when they're all done and play yeah. them, and experience what these different um, custom combinations of wood and, you know, tone factors, if you will. So you're
0: probably learning a lot, too, by learning... Absolutely. Every guitar
3: is a little different for some reason, you know, so um, it's it's a really cool place in the shop to be. Nice.
2: Especially for him. I mean, he literally strings them up Mm -hmm. and plays their
0: first... Wow, like Their first words, as Richard likes to say. Yeah. No, that's nice. So it's, yeah,
2: it's real rewarding. We're talking about Richard to Hoover, hearing. who founded
0: Santa Cruz Guitars yeah. and kind of birthed this whole thing back in 74? 76. 76.
2: Yeah. yeah. We're heading yeah. to our 40th anniversary in a couple of years. Yeah. Nice. Amazing. That'll be a party. That'll be a party, for yeah.
0: sure, for sure. Yeah. So earlier this year, or I don't know, last month, this this I'm holding a CD in my hand that I really, really like. And um, this is this your first full-length CD, or the first one you've done since you've been out here?
2: Uh, it's definitely the first one we've done since out here, and it's it's really our, our first full effort. I mean, we did one album back in Brooklyn many years ago, mm-hmm. and a couple EPs, um, but I think we've gotten to the point where we've really honed in on our sound. and mm-hmm. I would
0: agree with that. So would a lot of people. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. And
2: just, you know, the kind of stuff, you know, how to take what's influenced us over the years and just really turn it into our own. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're just really proud that, to have this now, kind of the showing of what we've been doing over mm-hmm. these last few years. And yeah. kind of we consider it sort of like a soundtrack to moving out here and living in santa cruz yeah. and being more inspired by the west and, stuff.
0: and it really is a band record
2: yeah yeah that's a yeah. big focus for us too i mean i've always just loved the idea of the band you know yeah like ever since i was little just a bunch of people getting together to yeah. make noise and as you get older well, that kind yeah. of
0: Yeah, and you were you're a real band leader because even we did that that thing at KCO last month, you were kind of leading us and here's the four, you're holding up the four. It was great it was it was great fun. Oh yeah. You everyone were kind has of conducting. a better
2: time when everyone knows where the four is. Yeah. But, yeah. It was
0: like, okay, I, I can do that. I'm, here's the four. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Oh cool. Yeah. Um, that was my question. I had something. I did.
2: Yeah, I mean it's easy too to be psyched about your band when you have People like Charlie Wallace and Yeah, Jimmy you've got Norris you've got some, you've got some major you. players
4: on this yeah. guy, Jimmy. well
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. we we really lucked out in terms of finding uh, the guys we've been playing with out here yeah. in the first few months moving to Santa Cruz, you know, we played around with some different folks and and we met Charlie after another steel guitar player build and Everything about, you know, Charlie's style and stuff was like exactly what we were kinda hoping for. You, for. Yeah. And yeah. and he just, he knows every musician out here, so he introduced us to Jimmy Norris and right. a bunch right, of club right. owners and stuff, and he really kind of got us going and on our feet, so.
0: Well then live, you two kind of trade leads back and forth too, and it's com- and completely different types of guitars, but you're kind of bouncing the leads back and forth quite a bit. Yeah,
3: I like to think we have a nice blend, you know, like we're not trying to play the same thing or sound the same way in terms of tone or, you know, the types of soloing or whatever that we do. but um. You know charlie's been at this a lot longer than me and mm-hmm. i feel like i'm at school when i play with that guy you know yes. he's, he's taught me a lot um yeah. being in a band with him
0: i don't know if you guys have rented um jim lewin yet oh yeah sure yeah he calls i took lessons from jim years ago and he called um he called charlie and jimmy and, and those guys are santa cruz mafia Right.
2: Nice. <laughs> yep. makes sense yeah. those, are the, guys. those right. are the guys those are the guys yeah we're so yeah. lucky to be playing with them and then we hooked up with sunshine jackson uh, she was in a band called The Good Sam's mm-hmm. um, in Moss Landing for a while. And yeah. so we did some shows with them. And just for kicks, you know, we'd get together and sing songs together. And her voice just works so well with mine. So yeah, it does. So yeah. do a lot of harmony work, which yeah. is great. I think just the Western swing and classic country vibe we're going for, there's always those backing vocals and lots mm-hmm. of tight harmonies. So. And I was going
0: to ask the annoying question is, how would you describe your sound? It's no, the question no, no. everybody hates. Yes.
2: Yeah.
3: Well, the band has kind of evolved into... Uh, this sort of umbrella that in a sort of big sense could be looked at as like American roots music. But I think more specifically, there's a real Western uh, theme that we do. You know, there's like a lot of Western swing. um, And if you look at like the original Western swing guys, Bob Wills and um, you know, those guys that were kind of taking a little bit of country and a little bit of um, some blues and some hillbilly stuff and polka music, jazz, you know, it was like this you know, everyone talks about uh, America being this melting pot of culture, mm-hmm. and Western Swing to me is like the ultimate um, representation of, of what was going on culturally, is all these different types of sounds regionally coming together and a new mm-hmm. form of music that you can hear all these different types of music within yeah. one uh, specific kind of genre, so, uh, you know, I wouldn't say we're a traditional Western Swing by, band by any sense, we love that music, but. Um, what we've tried to do is kind of incorporate a lot of our influences you know being kids who grew up in the 80s and 90s and you know looking at uh western swing from the 40s and 50s but also like rockabilly and uh spaghetti western movies mm, and, yeah, yeah you know surf rock and you know there's there's a lot of that kind of stuff that uh, there are elements to all that kind of stuff in our music but um it's i guess sort of uh cinematic in a sense too i mean we, we we always think about uh, the visual side of the music and like how, what what is this what kind of mood does it set you in when mm-hmm. you're driving around listening to it and that kind yeah. of thing. And
0: I love the the, the sort of the, the vintage Telecaster with a lot of reverb kind of sound when that kicks it in your songs too. That's yeah. a lot of fun. Right. Yeah, and I think for me being being sort of a story song guy, I love what you write. Right. So are you do you mainly write on your own? Do you write together?
2: Uh, we write together. Yeah. I feel like I usually am more comfortable coming up with like stories and yeah. Yeah, the lyrics and that sort of thing, but we definitely most of the music together and come up to just kind of a concept you know mm-hmm. like this this song sounds like it'd be set in this sort of era with this kind of situation going on like where yeah. can we go from there and just kind of create a story you know because it
0: does i think cinematic's a great work because i think i mean songs i'm looking at the cd but songs like johnny sellers and hey kid you can see these these great pictures the you can, like, and i yeah. and part of me is wondering that must have come out of a personal experience, and you wrapped a story around it, or you just made up a story, or maybe it's both, or a little of either, depending on the song.
2: Yeah, I mean, "Hey, Kid," I, we started writing that one in Arizona, and that was just from kind of fantasizing about a story. We had a a backyard with a fence and a big alley, and mm-hmm. you could see people walking by just like through the peepholes. And um, so I was just kind of thinking about I saw a little kid walking back there, and you know, then your mind just starts saying, oh "Where is he going? What's mm-hmm. he up to? What kind of trouble is he getting into?" And then. All of a sudden, you know, lyrics start coming together. and like,
0: there's a chorus. There's a, there's, right. there's a there's, hook. There's Once you have a there. hook, Everyone you have to write chorus, the song. You know, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, but actually, Johnny Sellers is interesting. That's a song, you know, we, we listen to a lot of vinyl, and we collect a lot of music. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times we'll find, these people put out what they call, like, kind of, Vintage vinyl rarities. They'll find like a bunch of old 45s and make a CD out of them. Mm, Um, Yeah,
3: just oddball compilations and stuff. You probably they were like not even a one-hit wonder. Right, right. Somebody
0: pressed a song and somebody happens to find it.
2: Right, right. So we found we have a few of these and one of them had the song Johnny Sellers on it which sounds very different from our version if you listen to it, uh-huh. and uh, it was a woman, it's Jeanette Monday, is it Jeanette or Yeah, Janet? good luck finding it. But yeah, there's like no info <laughs> about Could her on the, the it. internet, There's, I mean there's a label there, but there isn't much info about them, and it's just so kind of So even Google can't find her. Yeah, she's not on Google, it's just uh, one of these mysteries, and, and there was something about that song that just registered, it was kind of dark, and... I've always loved, like, you know, those older, like, tell Laura I love her. And, yeah, you know,
0: like, that, that's that's the feel of it, too. Yeah. Like an old 50s sort of tragic.
2: Right, just this, you know, harrowing story. And, yeah. and, and usually the music's nice and minor and, you know, yeah. supporting yeah. it all. So when I first heard that, I just was obsessed with it for a little while. And then we just thought we'd try it one day and it ended up working out well. So yeah. we put it on the album. But I just like the, the, I don't know, thinking maybe one day she might hear it or mm-hmm. something. Like, she's out there somewhere, you know.
0: Right. Somebody found my Family song. Family member. Yeah. yeah, exactly. so. So that's great. Yeah. And there's tunes like, I'm, I'm looking again, looking, songs like Circles, that sounds sounds like there's something that really happened that drove that song, or maybe not, I don't know.
2: Yeah, that was yeah. That was probably one of our older songs mm-hmm. um, that we wrote back in Brooklyn that we put on the record. And that, yeah, that was just one of those moments where all of a sudden the lyrics just pop into your head. I think mm-hmm. I read that. Was it Michael Jackson that talked about that? He didn't write songs. It just came to him, that yeah. sort of thing. Which, uh, But I just feel like that was one of those, we were just kind of fooling around one night, playing some music, and... Um, it was definitely inspired I just started thinking about childhood And mm-hmm. things that had happened And put that all together so. Yeah I like when you can tell a story Without being too specific Because I feel like the more specific you are The less people can relate So yeah. if you can kind of yeah. Tell a story about yourself A little bit more abstract And kind of leave it open So that people can fill in their own details Then
0: it's think. about them Yeah Because yeah.
2: that's what we're all looking for I mean in anything In songs we hear Books we read We relate everything To our mm-hmm. personal experiences Yeah
0: so. And then probably, I've I found this too, but you find maybe some of songs that you think that are too specific and someone goes, I love that song, I can relate to it because yeah, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, right. I have a song called, Where the Time Go, and I, I name dropped the Ramones and the Santa Cruz Civic and all, and people love that song, and I'm like, I just kind of wrote it for me thinking nobody would like it right. because of, I was just being all esoteric. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, our
2: stories are so similar, yeah. We, you know, we all think we're such yeah. individuals, but everyone has a lot in common, you know. Yeah.
0: And I wanted to thank you for re recording, I was talking about this in Moss Landing, but Aces and Eights. I love ah, that cool. song and I love the hook in that song. Where did that one come from? Do you remember? It probably um, Goes Back A Ways.
2: That was an earlier one too. We started back in Brooklyn. Um and again that too was kind of a combination of a personal story yeah. and then a historical event and kind of again showing that our lives can relate to people in the past yeah. just like anyone listening to the song can hopefully take something out of mm-hmm. it. So yeah, that song. That song's real special to us. I think definitely we've been playing it for a while, and and also hearing it, you know, played in the original version you heard, and then hearing mm-hmm. it played now with Jimmy and Charlie. It kind of brings a a new life to it, and then having yeah. Sunshine able to do three part harmonies with us. Yeah. So yeah, I love performing that song. It's it's always always yeah. one of my favorites. So. Yeah
0: so I gotta ask do you get tired of people saying you can nail a Patsy Cline song
2: no I still still don't always believe them but yeah no I goodness yeah I love singing Patsy Cline and that's done so much for me I can't even I have a good friend back in New York named Doug and it was his idea let's just get together and play some Patsy songs and hang Mm -hmm. out and one thing led to another and we're playing like BB Kings in Times Square and doing a bunch of big shows. I got to sing with Les Paul because of it. I got to, um, you know, do a lot of stuff on the radio in New York. And so yeah, I mean, I'm already, it's just so helps just my career in general. And and the biggest thing is just learning to sing more. I mean, to study her catalog and learn Mm -hmm. all those songs. I mean, so much of what I know now about phrasing and, and, uh, and just projection and so much about vocals just came from, Learning, those, learning songs. To sing those songs. And a yeah. great
3: part of that music too is like, she's kind of lumped in with like the classic country scene, but you know, so many of her f- like big songs are not these sort of simple three or four chord songs. A lot of them are fairly complex, mm-hmm. and which it, is it, good it ta- for you. It taught us so mm-hmm. much about yeah. you know, songwriting and developing these chord changes, and um, you know, the country wasn't like this kind of simple thing. You know, like it, it could be very kind of uh, complex, but. Subtly so, you know, so it was a huge education to, like, learn the body of her work and figure out, like, what are all these guitars doing and tic-tac bass, like, what is that, you know, like, Mm -hmm. these fun little things that, you know, they used to do for production and that kind of thing, so, an awesome education.
2: And she also, too, I mean, she considered herself a pop singer, I mean, she Mm -hmm. wasn't just writing country music, and she has, like, Calypso songs, she has, um, like, some blues songs, she like, she's all over the place, and Mm. I feel like that's one thing... I feel like as musicians We've dealt with Like we're You know When you first start out And you're You can't help Especially people our age You're influenced by everything I mean sure. there's so much music Accessible yeah. when we were growing up I can't even imagine What it's like for kids now I mean To say that you're only influenced By one style of music cause that's all you listen to I mean you, you can't go to the store Without because we did Because these kids
0: We didn't have iTunes
2: Right exactly and Everything yeah. is there Everything except for the, yeah. the
0: except for the original version except of Johnny Sellers. Except for the Sellers. original version of Johnny
2: Sellers. Except. <laughs> but the remake by the
0: Carolyn Sills combo is probably available. Yeah. yeah.
2: So yeah, I, I yeah I'm so grateful just for learning her songs and yeah. being able to sing those with people and and yeah, it's a great education. I mean, people talk about you know if you want to be a writer, like retype the Great Gatsby, like on you know mm, on your typewriter and mm-hmm. yeah. and just from doing that, what you'll pick up and you know just to hear it all from the first person, you know, yeah. and I think a lot of that comes into play when we've uh-huh. learned these songs
0: so. yeah so back on your songwriting is your songwriting process do you typically get it out of playing or do you kind of start with an idea or does it vary do you write I mean are you one of those people that like write every day do you keep a notebook handy no. or is it yeah of, I mean is it kind of a mix of everything
2: it's a mix I mean that changed for me moving out here like yeah. living in New York you're on the subway all the time there's a lot of like
0: Have you had private time time
2: to sit and write and people watch and stuff yeah. and so that's one thing that changed for me out here but
0: Plus you're working and you're marketing and I'm working
2: a lot yeah, yeah so that makes a big difference but it's nice to be working in a place like this you know yeah I'm inspired yeah. all the time and, yeah you know hearing music all the time but it's definitely I feel like we're more we like to be inspired in the moment I think uh-huh. an idea will come to us one of us will oh I got something new and we'll play it for each other and
3: yeah over the last however many six or eight months that we've been working on this record a lot of the songwriting and or not just the songwriting but even like thinking about like what should be on the cover or like how should we present it like a lot of that just comes out of kind of conversations that we'll have walking our dog down East Cliff mm-hmm. or whatever on the beach, and you know, being in Santa Cruz and out here and on the West Coast has just the presence being out here has been a huge influence in um, the creative process. You know, mm-hmm. it's a lot of just like brainstorming ideas as we're going somewhere or
0: something. Yeah. So. yeah. Hey, Ryan. <laughs> we're in the shop. It's okay. We <laughs> yeah, have permission. Um, so being out here does it? Have you, are you writing? How has it changed your songwriting process? um different influences different time to write like you're you not in the subway obviously i think
3: we've become like more specific in terms of like moods we want to create you know we'll look at the last show we did and the set of music that we played and and think like all right this was really working like i wish we had more or something like this you Mm -hmm. know and maybe we'll listen to a song that's kind of similar and you know work something off that or um you know i I look at it a lot of times as like what's the mood we want to create you Mm -hmm. know like what do we want to get across yeah what don't we have, or what do we need more of, or that kind of thing? So. That's good. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I feel like the older I get, the more it's like less like oh I, I need to say something, and it's more like you just want to create a really good time, like when people come out to see you to show mm-hmm. and just create a fun atmosphere, and not mm-hmm. to mean that everything has to be like <coughs> insanely fast or up tempo or anything, but yeah. just just create a, a fun show with good mm-hmm. music that people can relate to. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I think.
4: Yeah. And the
3: more you do that um, for yourself, I think you're creating something that's specific to you and that, you know, the more you work at it, hopefully, like, the, the better you get at it and that, uh, hopefully people you're like... You're supposed to get better in theory. Of, that's the theory. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully people something. like the experience of all that work you've done and yeah. the kind of vibe, yeah. the, the mood yeah. you're creating, like, up on stage and, you know, that's that's what we're kind of working at.
0: Yeah. Hmm. It works. I'm talking about people having a good time. There was a...
3: No names, but a friend of mine,
0: great songwriter, but he was did a show actually Clearly, this you guys played, uh, and he was talking about you know, not wanting to play covers. And his wife said, "Why don't you play covers?" And he goes, "I, I want to write my own, because I'm a songwriter." She said, "Yeah, but all your songs are depressing. Mm, yeah, <laughs> you, know, right. so you got to balance it out a little bit. Right. Of course. You
2: know. Yeah, that's your thing too. I mean, we obviously we do a lot of." covers because we've learned all the Patsy Cline songs and we've done shows like that. And and songs
0: from that era too. Right, because when we play
2: live and we we like to mainly do our own stuff, but I mean there's so much material out there. Yeah. So many songs and uh, songs that everyone knows, songs that hardly anyone knows. Yeah. And they're treasure troves and they're all there and and just the thought of those songs disappearing because people aren't playing them anymore, it's just, I feel like, you know, so many people are out writing their own music and which is great, but it's also there's nothing wrong with... Reintroducing people to no. stuff that they might never have heard of otherwise, especially if
0: it's somebody that influenced you, I do that too. You totally songwriters or people that you were influenced by, you throw or also, um, you know, if you're playing in a place, it, it's sort of the the pragmatism of doing a setlist, but. If you if you're in a crowded place or a noisy place and you do a song people know it'll kind of reel them back in. Right. Mm.
2: right. And then you
3: can do one of your own things.
0: Right.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, that's part of it too. I mean, people want to hear what's familiar. Mm-hmm.
3: And everyone yeah. does covers. You know, that's part of being a musician. And yeah, you know, like that's where you start. Said, like Doing something yeah. that people can relate to, but being able to do it in like your own way, putting yep. a different spin on it, however mm-hmm. it is, you know. Yeah. Um. That's that's kind of the fun part. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. Then it sounds like you guys.
2: Totally. Yeah. And even in the whole Western swing and country culture, I mean, everyone played everybody's songs, and mm-hmm. there were always the staples that people would play during a set, and and I liked that about it, too. I feel like that's a big part of what draws us to those kind of genres, is that there weren't many rules. It was just, you know, be great musicians and, and play these songs, and you can, you know, there's a bunch of different genres. and
3: mm-hmm. Be able to play everything and satisfy play people's everything. requests, yeah. you know, yeah. like
0: that kind of stuff yeah totally. and I you hit so many different genres and with, with the band it's really fun
2: yeah i'd like to think you know it's like gerard said it's kind of all under an umbrella of sorts mm-hmm. um but like i said i mean we can't i don't want to deny the fact that we've been influenced by so many different things well, and can't. i also yeah, yeah. and i want to pay tribute to all that stuff and yeah. and i like that stuff sometimes i, I want to just hear some like les paul Mary Ford songs mm-hmm. and other times you know i want to hear like Lucinda Williams song. I mean yeah. There's, yeah. there's so much out there.
3: As we've gotten older and done this more, I think we've become better at sort of organizing our eclecticism in terms of the stuff that we like <laughs> to play. And yeah. you know, there's shows sometimes where we'll do, you know, six or seven surf guitar instrumentals and then, you know, the next show might be like, you know, a lot of classic country stuff and you know, it's just kinda it's pleasing yourself but also just making um, making each show different mm-hmm. and, you know, playing around town or something like that. You wanna kinda keep the interest there.
0: Well, yeah, because if you're sort of a, you know, not that you're not going to go places, but right, when you're playing the all these local, local gigs, yeah. you know, you gotta, you got you to gotta break it up a little bit. Exactly, exactly.
2: Yeah. I know, that's our biggest problem now. We love our day jobs. So we well, you've got, you got awesome day jobs. <laughs> I know, I know.
0: <laughs> these are kind of like dream musician day jobs. You're marketing <laughs> guitars, and you're building these great guitars, and you're, like I said, you're you're playing their first notes. So. Yeah,
3: it's a pretty sweet deal. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's kind of hard to take off for a six-month tour. Right,
2: exactly. You know. so we're pretty lucky. And that's the nice thing about Santa Cruz. I mean, moving from a big city and just wondering what it's going to be like to play in a small town or you can mm-hmm. play the same venue all the time and, yeah. you know, but I feel like I'm just so amazed out here just what a variety there is of places to play, yeah. how many musicians there are, and mainly just how awesome the people are. I mean everyone loves to go see live music
0: yeah.
2: and, and it runs the gamut. I mean the ages from, you know, the college kids up
0: mm-hmm.
2: to anything, yeah. yeah. So that's, and
0: probably what you guys do too because you can play a small intimate show You can, you can and you can play. You know, a poet. You can play a bar like the poet, you right? Know, and, and you know, it's still it, it works in both, both places. Yeah, I think New
2: York would had a lot to, to do with that for us, because we, you know, there we were just playing music and to do that and pay rent. You know, you gotta oh. play all over the place. Got to be flexible, so versatile. Yeah, play big band shows and we'd play.
3: As and probably quartet, had to take every trios. gig. Oh yeah, and, yeah. 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 Pizza shops in Bay Ridge for twenty-five bucks and free pizza. That's that's a Wednesday night. You know. And pizza. That's wow. A great Wednesday night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But uh, so I think that's really helped us too and coming out here you know, we there's no gig we can't do if, if they need a yeah, a duo or a trio or they want a full you're band, flexible, they are yeah. drums, yeah, yeah. So and now I'm doing more upright bass as well. So oh, we cool. can do some acoustic sets and do some And you're playing fills with electric too. sets, yeah, we're doing fills now, just great we're doing that tomorrow. Mhm. It's exciting. Yeah, we third Wednesday of every month. Okay. Um so yeah, I mean, even that, I mean it's just a great great area out here. Yeah. There's so many places to play. You don't have yeah. to drive too far.
0: So. Yeah. So this the CD's been done for what about three or four weeks? Oh, I was going to mention
3: too. We you recorded this at uh, a new studio in town. Yeah. Yeah. What was that Wind River
2: like?
4: Studios. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. It, it was
3: awesome. It was exactly what we were looking for. We mm-hmm. spent um, you know a couple months looking around at different places to record at, and mm-hmm. we had this idea of being able to go into like a, a big open space. Hopefully, that was kind of like not in the middle of downtown or something. Yeah.
4: yeah and
3: yeah. we found Wind River Studios up in the Santa Cruz Mountains, and it's it's. Uh, it's basically an, uh, a barn built out of, you know, these beautiful redwood planks, and it's got these huge windows, this wonderful vaulted ceiling, yeah. it has this incredible live acoustic sound, mm-hmm. and uh, it's nestled, like, right up in this valley in the redwoods. I mean, it feels like you're in the middle of nowhere, but it's only nice. 15, 20 minutes in town. So, yeah, it's uh,
2: so inspirational, just gorgeous setting, yeah. and amazing live sound, and the people there are phenomenal to work with. Mm, and Tim Prince and Keith Grinninger. Yeah, Keith was, you know, it's... He helped hook us up with the place and um and tim was just he's a great guy to work with Mm -hmm. so talented and yeah skilled at what he does but knows how to you know rope everybody in and knows Mm -hmm. how to um just get i hear it's a great
0: we were gonna go last we were were gonna go last week and then they got they got booked so we couldn't go and just hang out This is fine getting
2: popular they got
0: booked so that's good
2: but yeah we just couldn't be happier and especially too i think it really caters to our sound to be able to for a ba- for like live. an intimate
0: band record, that's probably the, break, the great, the great space. Because I was talking to Timmy, he said, "Yeah, there's no control room. I
3: just sit out there with everybody. Yeah, yeah. he's just
2: sitting out there, with this squeaky chair." And <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah.
3: get a new chair, Tim. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We took uh, we took five days off and went up there initially just to track everything. And uh-huh. We did everything live um, with, you know, there's overdubs here and there, but a lot of what Carolyn's doing vocally is her first take and live with the band and. Nice. Um, you know, we really wanted to capture like that kind of communication, that kind of live uh-huh. sound that you get when yeah. there's bleed in the microphones and all that kind of right, stuff. Right, and, and that's and,
2: separated by walls or yeah. uh-huh. you know, glass or whatever. So
3: And uh, we had done, you know, other records in the past that were kind of more piece um, together. Structured and pieced together and you know, a lot of that was a process of us like learning what we didn't want to do. We we finally got to the point where are we like, Yeah, let's just there. do this yeah. the way we want to do it and Yeah. Um, we're really happy with the results. Nice.
0: What's a great record. So what's the what's the response been so far? Are you just starting to send it out now?
2: Uh, we're just starting to send it out. Um yeah. but even in the first, you know, two weeks it's been great. You know, yeah. we we alerted all our email list and just been getting it online and we've already gotten a bunch of DJs that are going to play it Nice and good. people asking about reviews so you know we're, we're proud of it which that's is cool well you should be foremost. it's a great record yeah. and we'll do
0: that over, over a beer we'll do that sort of brain dump for me if I can think yeah, of it yeah I appreciate your yeah.
2: brain
0: dump <laughs> <laughs> it won't take very long <laughs> <laughs> well congrats again thanks. thanks for your time and thanks for the tour yeah, yeah of course I mean so. if you want to do
2: another tour podcast or something
0: I will be happy we'll be, I'll be back yeah okay. you're
2: welcome anytime
0: <laughs> thanks oh yeah the tour was pretty incredible I've always loved Santa Cruz guitars but after seeing really getting a a detailed look at how they're made they're just incredibly cool the the bad thing is now I I really want a Santa Cruz guitar (laughs) Christmas is coming we'll see how Santa helps me out this year so once again, that was a talk with Carolyn Sills and Gerard Egan, and uh, I've been raving about this record quite a bit, but I really don't gush easily. I mean, they, they are two of the, the most talented, humble people you're going to meet, but it's a great record. If you love this this old vintage sound kind of brought about in a new way, it's just it's, a, gr- it's just a really great record with some really fine songwriting, too. I mean, the hook in Aces and Eights is just, you know, I love that from the second I heard it, you know, a couple of years ago. So that was, that was Gerard and Carolyn at Santa Cruz Guitars. You can find her at carolynsills.com. Oh, I also wanted to mention that uh, my wife and I and a couple of friends went to their release party last week at the Crate Place, and we got there very early so we could commandeer the only table in the place, and we were able to reserve a couple of seats for Carolyn's parents, Rob and Janie, and I got a... Had a really nice chat with her parents and got some very cute anecdotes from Janie about Carolyn. And I promised Carolyn I wouldn't put them in the, the podcast. But if you meet Janie at a, at a this show, you can ask her about Carolyn singing as a little kid. She's been singing her whole life and it shows them the work she's doing now. So again, carolynsills.com is where you can find the record. You can also find it at michaelgather.com Give it a listen. It's, it's just a great project. It's a really nice piece of work. And I'm sure they should, you guys should be very proud of it. Um, Coming up next on Songs and Stories, uh, Carolyn alluded to a tour, and I'm probably going to go back to Santa Santa Cruz Guitars very soon. Uh, A local songwriter pal of mine, Jamie Kelly Curtis, is working on a show for early 2014 that that highlights and showcases, um, you know, sort of these these small luthiers um, as art pieces. So we're probably going to meet at Santa Cruz Guitars sometime very soon. So that'll be up here on the podcast maybe next month. Um, hopefully sooner than that And then also um, another pal of mine, Irina Spiritu, who's a songwriter who plays ukulele and we've done several shows together is I think coming by the house next Tuesday so we'll talk to, to her about sort of her sort of way of taking old styles of music and making it her own so kind of a theme running here on songs and stories. So as always if you whether you heard this off my website michaelgeether.com or you caught it on iTunes or or through a link on Facebook or Twitter or somewhere out on the interwebs, or if you found this running as a regular show on KC Cafe Radio or Grateful Dread Radio, we all appreciate your time, and um, thanks for listening, and please do support these artists by going out and buying their very cool new CDs. Uh, I think what I'll do is give you another little piece of a song off the Carolyn Sills combo release. This is a song she also mentioned during the interview called Circles, and it's 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 a great tune. It's a nice little ballad. I'll leave you with a bit of that, and we'll talk to you next time on Songs and Stories. Thanks again. Take care.
1: He said, it's only a matter of time till they bring your fun to an end. And I thought it a pretty shitty thing to say to a friend. What's the obsession with staying in line when we're hardly staying in touch? You keep saying it's a matter of time, but why does time matter so much? If this was our last day alive Would you rather say you were right Than have someone to hold as you watched it all explode